Joy is for you. Welcome to the Joybringer podcast. The world is full of uncertainties, difficulty, and pain. It needs joy, and you and I can bring it, but we can't bring what we don't have. I'm so glad you've joined me today. Let's grab hold of joy and bring it everywhere we go. Season, and this is the Joybringers Advent podcast. I'm so grateful that you've tuned in today. Thank you for joining me. And today we are talking about the real reason for the season. Um, when your name is season, Christmas, it's just your name is everywhere. So no, it's not weird when I say my name, but um, I was raised with my mom and dad making me record um, our voicemail on our phone. It used to be like a tape and you'd have to hit record. And I would say, um, Merry Christmas. You've reached Jerry, Debbie and season's greetings, which was so embarrassing and weird. Um, but I've gotten used to it. And one of my favorite things during this time is to see the phrase, Jesus is the reason for the season everywhere. And that's the truth. Uh, it really is all about Jesus. And I thought I want to do a day on this podcast where I talk about Jesus Jesus as the OG Joybringer. Jesus is the reason for the season. And I thought, who best to come have a conversation with me than my friend Aaron Russ? And so Aaron and I were pastors. He's still at the church that I was at, at Centerpoint Church in Marietta. And uh, you're going to love this dude. Aaron, I'm so grateful that you are with me. Welcome. Thank you. I'm glad <laughs> to be with you as well. This is awesome. Thanks for inviting <laughs> me to uh, to have this time with you. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, what I love, here's what I love about you is that, um, do, do people ever make, like, kind of make fun of you and call you, like, you look like Jesus? Like, right? <laughs> the beard and the long hair. And you're just like, you're hippie Jesus. Yeah, all, all yeah. the time. I mean, I have a mullet now. So, yeah, it's good. Uh, Jesus would have totally rocked a mullet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so it's a little different now, but I've had, I had long hair for like 10 years. So yeah. it was basically, yeah, people are literally like, yeah, I get these old ladies at the church that say that literally they don't know my name. So they would just call me little Jesus. They would I mean, just come call on. Me little Jesus. So, yeah. Which is a compliment to me. So I, I'm yeah. okay with it. Yeah. Little yeah, Jesus. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's what I love about you is that you, um, your persona, what you come like, who, what you look like and, and, and your, your buoyant sense of, of joy and freedom, the way you worship, the way you hold yourself and, and conduct yourself, your laugh is so contagious. And then you run deep friend. And I love that about you. I love that you are a lover of Jesus and you carry great joy. And we've always, we've connected about that because you love to preach about joy. Obviously I loved all things joy. And, um, yeah. and so if I'm going to talk about the OG joy bringer, I'm going to have you, uh, join this conversation. So thank you for being here. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, okay. Just right off the bat, what's your favorite thing about Jesus? Wow. Okay. That sucks. That's a sucky question. I know it's a hard one. That's so broad. He's yeah, amazing. Um, yeah. <laughs> my favorite thing. Um, my favorite thing about Jesus. Um, I would say, um, no matter how, no matter how, no matter how deep you go, you could always go deeper. Mm. Um, I think there's, um, something always new and fresh about uh relationship with him uh you're talking about the well 
running deep, like his is infinite, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's been one of my, uh, favorite things about the journey with Jesus is, um, I've never arrived (laughs) and to like a, a point of knowing him fully, um, experiencing him fully, understanding him fully. And, uh, I don't, don't plan on getting there until I walk into heaven's gates. Um, <laughs> and but, then go, but yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, and then still in heaven, apparently, yeah. you know, there's, there's angels circling around him, like singing, holy, holy, holy. Cause they just can't get enough of, of yeah. who he is. And so, yeah. um, I, I think the, the, the depth that you can actually go into, uh, it, it's, it's beautiful because, um, he is like, uh, I guess like, I mean, he's the source of all things, you know? Mm. And so it's not just like, um, I, I guess I've seen it like Jesus says, you know, uh, it's the, it's a narrow way that leads to life, you know? Mm. Um, and wide is the way that leads to destruction. Right. And then he says that way is him, but then yeah. I've always seen like, it's the narrow way through Jesus. And then once you enter in through the narrow way, it opens up into a landscape of what life is, uh, actually about. Um, and so he, he filters into every part of life. I feel like, um, that is like the most beautiful thing ever is there's like a, a constant that he floods into every area, whether it's, uh, business or relationships or, um, you know, uh, mental health or, uh, you know, becoming, uh, I don't know, even operating in sports or, you know, working yeah. hard at, at a craft fun. or arts or Nothing. music, fun. Yeah. Yep. People, everything he filters into everything. And so it's mm-hmm. like, you can't exhaust what he's a part of. Yeah. Um, I think this so is, think this is, yeah. this is the point. This is the point because I say Jesus is the original joy bringer. Jesus is our source of everything. Uh, and he wants to be included in all of that. Um, one of the things I talk about in my book, I talk about this often is, you know, the Lord, you can never um, put all of the things of God in a box, right? We, we like to um, put God in a box and that's okay. Our box is comfortable, right? God, I'm comfortable with the Lord being these things that I would place yeah. in my box. And the Lord's like, cool, that's great. Also, there's a whole lot of, of other things that I am and that I'd like to be to you. So the Lord's, for me, constantly inviting me every year or two, sort of these seasons of identifying or connecting with the Lord as different things. Mm. Uh, you and I were just chatting before we hit record about um, for a while, I, the Jesus in, invited me to connect with him. And again, this can be very offensive. I got dumped by my first publisher because of this phrase, but I was coming out of an abusive marriage and things that were just so broken and an identity. I didn't know what it felt like to be um, a wife, to be cherished, to be honored as a woman, uh, specifically as a bride. And Jesus, I associated with him and, and identified him as my big, sexy husband, Jesus. And I know that can be extremely offensive, Uh, but for me, (laughs) the Lord's not afraid of offense. He's not afraid of that. He can reveal himself in any way. And, and to me, that's, that's where this was. And for a few years, that's what I relied on this, this, this powerful, um, love source to teach me what it meant to be honored as a, as a bride. And then, then Jesus invited me to, um, identify him and receive him in my life as best friend, Jesus. So for years, Mm -hmm. 
best friend Jesus was was my everything. And then uh, more recently, this the invitation became um, that Jesus would be my source and my confidence. So mm. that's how I've been really relating to the Lord as my source of every everything, right? And as my confidence. It, it, scripture says, in the presence of the Lord is found strength and joy. And so that's what I have gleaned from in my connection with the Lord. So are you, have you been on a journey? Have you had seasons of your life where you connect with Jesus in different roles as, as the Lord like takes on different roles or, or titles in your life? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think uh, it, I, when it first started, he, he was like, I needed a healer. <laughs> mm. um, when I first kind of uh, jumped into relationship with Jesus or started to get to know him. Um, I remember we did this um, activity. Uh, I went to uh, a school of worship. It was probably three months in baby Christian, you know, and uh, I went to the school of worship and the, one of the activities was they had us go into a, uh, a space by ourselves and, and write down uh, where we were at, like write down one or two words about what we would say about ourselves. And, mm. um, and I, I wrote one word and it was broken mm. <laughs> and, and, and that was it. And that was it. Um, <laughs> no, that don't was need to it. say any more about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I had, um, experienced like a, a tremendous amount of, um, uh, insecurity, um, guilt and shame, uh, suicidal tendencies, uh, was just, my mind was messed up. My heart was messed up. And I, that's the only thing I could think of, you know, mm. uh, was, was broken. And, uh, I didn't always look on that memory fondly cause I got tough, you know, eventually, uh, and, you know, I was like, I wasn't, you know, <laughs> like, what does it mean to be broken now? I'm whole, you know, you get that mm. spiritual pride, but now I look back on it fondly cause it was just being honest. Um, before the Lord and saying what I actually needed him to be. And so in that season, it was like, I, I need, I need you to heal me. You know, mm. like I need you to restore, uh, who I actually am. Um, I've lived according to other people's, uh, wants and wishes for my life for so long that I don't know who, I don't know who I am. Um, I, I don't know how to be myself. I don't know what matters. Um, and so I've needed, I've needed that, you know? Um, so mm. he, he's healing. Um, I, I think, um, once I got to college, he, he became husband, <laughs> yeah, come on. Uh, you know, uh, I look good in a wedding dress, but, uh, but yeah, so he became, <laughs> so he became hud husband. I started to see myself as, as the, the, the bride. Um, and I needed intimacy, uh, specifically for me, I needed, I needed strong male intimacy, um, mm. in my, in my life. And, um, which is something that's, I think shied away from in our culture, um, and yeah. especially, uh, even the time that I grew up, you know, I mean, like, you know, and I, it's still prevalent today, you know, like guys connecting with each other is, is maybe not as deep. Uh, right. But I, I needed strong male intimacy. Um, so I, I knew him as husband. Uh, he became father as well. I think mm. during that time, I had a super distant relationship um, with my father. And so he became my father. And I've mm. had I've had moments of just weeping on the floor. Like you have, yeah. you've been the one that's fathered me, you know, yeah. um, you, you've been the one that's taught me how to, uh, to be a man. Uh, you've been the one that's taught me how to treat women. Yeah. Uh, you've been the one that has stripped me of, of 
lust and sexual sin. You know what I mean? Like I needed yeah. someone. I, I, and so in that space, it was, uh, someone to discipline me, someone to correct me, uh, someone to put a mirror up to me. Mm. Um, all of those things. I mean, and then I've had seasons where he's, he's best friend Jesus where <laughs> yeah, as well, you know, and, uh, Listen, I became a, a good friend yeah. when Jesus filled that need in my life. When mm-hmm. I had best, because I don't know about like, especially maybe, maybe it's this way for men too, but I just had des- desperately wanted that like lifelong best friend. And so I was always yeah. so much more needy and unsatisfied with the friendships that I had because they could never fill what I wanted from someone. But when I had best friend, Jesus, I became a great friend and then cultivated really healthy, beautiful friendships in my life. When we let the Lord like meet that need and strengthen us because of it, we just operate in such a, I just want to also go back and thank you for saying that, that he was husband to you because I think that the concept of being the bride of Christ and that sort of language and intimacy found in scripture has to be, I would project this onto men, but it has to be really hard to wrap Mm -hmm. your brain around men, you know, in most circles aren't trying to imagine themselves as a bride. Right. But that is so powerful and vulnerable for you to say that. And I'm really great. I'm grateful that you said that. I, th- I think that that's permission for, for men to lean into something very uncomfortable and foreign. But would you say that it feels unsafe at first to think that way? I think it can for sure. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I, I think as a, as a man, you, you don't really enter into those spaces as much or feel or feel permission to enter into those spaces. I mean, I'm in youth ministry. And so um, I I have, you know, a tons of tons of students, uh, both, you know, guys and girls. And, and uh, I talk with the leaders to see how their small groups went and how their students are connecting. And you have, you know, the girls who will go 45 minutes to an hour, just (laughs) crying and crying in a circle, you know, Uh, just expressing all these things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, and then I have my guy leaders, and they're like, they were just like running everywhere, like running rampant, like just like not connecting, super surface level. Like I, I think it takes. Um, yeah. I think there's a there's a different makeup, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. And I I think, uh, I I think we need permission, you know, as guys to to step into that intimate space because uh, mm-hmm. ultimately. Um, I believe I, I'm not, you know, married myself, but it has made my relationships better. And it, I, it makes better husbands to know yeah. the intimacy of Jesus, right? Yeah. Um, to be able to, to love in that way and to connect with those deeper parts of you. Cause as much as, um, maybe, uh, we don't have permission to say it, we need that, that intimacy. Like we need mm. that, that deep vulnerable uh, intimacy and we feel a whole lot. Um, yes, yes. Men don't get credit or they get, you know, for feeling being feeling emotional creatures, Mm -hmm. but especially if when you're, when you're engaging with, with young men, young boys, right. Especially up until you're nine, 10, 11 years old, they're extremely emotive, extremely Mm -hmm. emotive creatures. 
And then that just keeps getting squashed and squashed and squashed. But that intimacy to go in there, the Lord sees through the walls that we put up and he Mm -hmm. goes, but I know who I created you to be. We are created to be people of depth and feeling and the permission to express that. I say this all the time. I'll say it again, that your joy and my joy don't have to look the same. But joy is for you because Jesus is for you. And it it does have an emotional component to it. It doesn't need to be, you know, effervescent and, you know, like an explosion of emotions. Uh, It can look that way, but it doesn't have to. And that's permission for everyone to say, oh, good. I don't have to be like you, Susan, because, you know, we don't need any more of that. That's we're fine. (laughs) You know, but joy can be experienced um, without this, you know, waterfall of, of emotion. And yet God cares about our emotions mm-hmm. and to bust through the walls that we put up. One of my favorite quotes is a Brene Brown saying, she says, uh, soft front, hard back, like, like to, to strengthen our back and our spine so that we can walk through the difficulties in life and stay upright, but to keep our heart and our front soft, because when we harden our heart and harden our front, not only do we not feel things, we can't receive love. We yeah. can't receive the beauty that's around us. So the Lord mm. cares deeply about the state of our emotions and our hearts, not just women, but all men. Absolutely. I, I think we're uh, we're taught whether we know it or not to close off of those avenues and kind of mm-hmm. close those close those doors when we're growing up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, not many people, especially I would say, um, uh, the generation that I'm in was, uh, starting to reach the, uh, uh, how do I put it? Um, we, because we've gotten it from an earlier age, like being emotionally intelligent or stepping into actually understanding, you know, feelings and being able to deal with those things and diving into kind of the trenches and the darkness of emotions, both negative and positive sides of those things. Right. Um, uh, the generation like before me didn't have as much of that. And the generation before that, like, you know, not at all world, world war two. I mean, it's like, you know, like they're just, they're closed off. You know what I mean? So my, my grandfather to, you know, my father was stone cold. And then my dad experienced a little bit more of that emotional intelligence and gave a lot of that to me. And then I kind of grew up in a space where that was, that was okay, you know, and, and mm-hmm. when we're growing up more, more is caught than taught. Right. So, mm. I mean, a, a kid, you know, when those, if I get nerdy with, you you know, like the mimetic neurons in the brain or whatever, we have natural things inside of our brain that just start to imitate what we see. And mm. so when we see emotionally unavailable men, we become emotionally unavailable. When we see patterns of closing off of stonewalling of, of not dealing with emotion of operating, um, in anger rather than understanding that we're hurt, right? Or, you know, those types of things. We start to mirror those things and we learn how to close down. And then and then we bring all of that stuff into a relationship with Jesus. And it doesn't help either that that uh there's still, though we don't believe in a uh you know a Gnostic mindset, there's still a separation often even in the church from flesh is bad, spirit is good. So anything that is human is necessarily evil in a way. So that includes emotions. So it's like when you come to God, there's no emotion or, you know, like, let's, you know, let's close down. Let's be somber. Let's be serious. But C.S. Lewis says the serious business of heaven is joy, you know? So one of my favorite quotes. 
Joy yeah. is the serious business of heaven. Yeah, yeah. So to be able to step into that, like, it, it's not all about just experiencing, because also if we live by our feelings, uh, you know, we're going to go the wrong way, right? Because feelings are all over the place. Like, if we only live by emotions, you know, we're going to be led astray. But you don't, often, we like to live on pendulums because it makes us feel safe. It's either all emotions, I live by my feelings, my feelings are who I am, or cut out emotion entirely, live a stoic life. You know what I mean? Where emotion is not driving me. It's all logic, reason, you know what I mean? Somberness, that kind of stuff. But we need to learn to be in the healthy middle to be able to actually embrace both sides because that's actually what it means to be human. It's mm. like <laughs> fully flesh, fully God. That's like what Jesus presents, talking about the OG yeah. joy bringer. It's like yeah. he wasn't afraid to step into human flesh and it, yeah. it wasn't a rejection of those of those emotions, right? It was stepping no, into it and bringing both. holiness. Yeah, and we yeah. see Jesus full of logic, full of wisdom, taking on the Stoics, right? And then we see him experiencing yeah. extreme emotion. I did a, a paper right. when I was getting my um, master's degree, and I wrote about the creative trinity, Father as you know, creator of all, Holy Spirit as the inspiration, and Jesus as the word, that, that there's creativity and storytelling in, in the word. And I wrote in my paper that I am convinced that Jesus was funny. I'm convinced because anyone knows captivating audiences, thousands of people where you can't hear and it's hot and we're starving. I'm convinced that Jesus was funny as a joy bringer. And my theology teacher wrote in the corner, in the margin, in red pen and underlined it. Jesus was not a comedian. And I mm. was like, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. But I think we mm -hmm. we leave out this quality of Jesus that scripture is actually very clear about. In, mm -hmm. in both Psalms and Hebrews, it says that Jesus is the most anointed with joy of anyone who's ever stepped foot on this planet or ever to exist. Right. He was I the happiest guy on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus is the most yeah. anointed with joy. And yeah. if that's the case then why don't we talk about that Jesus? Why don't we know that Jesus? Because it's mm -hmm. dangerous to think that God, that God could be full of joy. Because then how do you, how do you, you know, um, make sense of the fact that the world is full of pain? How do you make yeah. sense to the fact that God then allows things that are difficult in this world? So we, we like separate this idea that God would be joyful. And mm -hmm. yet scripture again and again, in your presence has found strength and joy, right? Joy is mm -hmm. present in the most difficult, excruciating, torturous moment anyone could experience because joy was present with Jesus on the cross. He wasn't feeling joyful. He wasn't like thrilled to be there, but he locked right. eyes with it, right? Everywhere Jesus went, he brought joy. He brought freedom and healing and wholeness, all things that bring joy and, and he pissed a lot of people off too right like yeah, yeah that yeah. didn't mean that everyone received that joy but totally. i know you i would project onto you and and me people will project onto us that it's fake it's not real that joy if my personality isn't like you aaron if i don't worship and laugh and throw my hands up in the air with freedom and mm -hmm. dance if i don't do that then therefore i don't have joy um, mm -hmm. that's people want to do that because it's safe. It's safe to say that's for you. Um, or, you know, Jesus mm. didn't have joy because he had to, again, he had to go do serious work. But the thing I define joy as the buoyant sense of well-being because of mm. the love of the father 
the person and work of Jesus and the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. It's it's the mm-hmm. thing that that our lives rest firmly on is the foundation mm-hmm. of who God is, his presence and his power. That joy is just, it's the thing that keeps us from going under, right? It's the buoyant sense of well-being. It's not right. our rose-colored glasses that say nothing's wrong. It's not totally. the thing that says, oh, everything's great and I'm happy all the time. That's not joy. Right. But when we recognize that Jesus lived in that space of the firm, that buoyant sense of well-being, because he knew who his father was mm-hmm. at all times. And mm-hmm. that kept him going. Everywhere he went, he brought the good news that brings great joy for all people. And all yeah. means all. That's the crazy thing. Like no matter he like your personality, my personality, someone else who's totally radically different than us. We all get to experience joy because of Jesus. Yeah, yeah, and it, it. I think I had pretty wrong views of joy, like mm-hmm. when I first started kind of this journey. Because I, I'm sure you had a, a point where you know you kind of started this joy bringer journey that you yeah. had, you know, where it was like this is who I want to be, and I want to step into this, or or God, you know planted something in you that that started those things and and so at, at first joy was um making people like me mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. you know and it, it also was the rejection of um of hard emotions mm. right like i think mm-hmm. the the first journey was like i'm gonna choose joy and that's a great saying. Yes, you, you get to choose joy. Like you get to choose to be thankful. You get to choose to have gratitude, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but but it was it was a way for me to escape uh, actually feeling negative emotion. Ha, and so you're it was, a seven it, like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah I am. <laughs> I'm going to avoid am. that at all cost. Right. Anything exactly anything i could yep. do to to not feel negativity yes. um that's that's how it started you know yeah. um i i started something called i called a freedom fast and was like i'm fasting from depression you know like cuz i was experiencing incredible depression in college and uh so i'm like i'm i'm fasting from this thing i started freedom how'd fast. that work for you it, it actually was great. It, yeah. it actually was great, you know, because for me, I needed a hard shift in mm-hmm. that beginning section. Um, and what it was for me was just every time I felt this kind of shift in my mind into negative thinking or, you know, kind of this like sad, soppy victim mentality or whatever, I would breathe in Jesus. I would say, thank you that you're my joy, that joy lives inside of me, that you are Holy Spirit. You know, the fruit of your spirit is joy and you live within me. And so I have access to joy. Thank you, God, that that I can have access to joy right now. I rejoice in you, right? And I wrote my journal every day. And for 110 days, I <laughs> I, I went and it, it did. Like slowly but surely, my mind started to shift to be um, uh, to be set on like joy and being thankful. And it did stir up great joy. And in about 110 days or so, I had a, basically a nervous breakdown. So... <laughs> There so, we got to it. We got to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, and it was a good hard shift, but it was also the rejection of um, of actually dealing with some of the deep anxieties in me, right. some of the deep fears in me, uh, some of the things yeah. that I needed to bring to the Lord. Um, and then it was it became a presentation to other people mm-hmm. of look how spiritual I am. Uh, Come on, you should be. You should be like me because I'm so happy and I'm so yep. full and I'm drunk on the spirit over here. 
and you should join the party. And I'm going to go even crazier in worship. And I didn't take what I actually felt on the inside because in the midst of this, I would have immense anxiety and worship. Mm. Uh, I would have just like this uh, terrible, overwhelming sense of anxiety, like in the midst of this journey. And I didn't take that as a sign of like, let me get quiet and bring this to the Lord. It was a sign of, well, I'm going to reject it all the more, push past this, and I'm going to worship even harder and be even crazier and be even more loud and boisterous and bubbly and, and all about it, right, at the rejection of what was actually going going on inside me, you know. So, so I had some wrong views that I think ultimately were a detriment to my relationships because people couldn't relate with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they had nothing to relate with me because I wasn't a human being. <laughs> I was like a, a, this joy machine that was uh, je- that was actually rejecting yeah. uh, what was going on inside me. And when you're doing that within yourself, you're going to do it to other people. You know what I mean? Mm. So when other people brought negativity, I'd push them away. You know, or I'd give them a, a quick spiritual bypass answer to overcome their things and bring positivity back in their life. And really, it was an impatience to deal with other people's pain because I couldn't deal with my own. Anyway, but, <laughs> the, but yeah. you are you are nailing it, Aaron. I'm so grateful for your honesty and your vulnerability in this because that is what people are averse to when it comes to mm-hmm. joy. Because yeah. of this show that is seemingly put on. But that's why I'm so passionate about talking about what it really is, is that in the midst of all of it, feeling all, not feeling joyful, feeling in the midst of chaos and depression, in the midst of all of it, we can still have it because it's Jesus. He's here. He's my joy. He is, this is the whole point, he is the joy bringer. It's not my personality. It's not the things I'm putting on. It's not, you know, the joke I'm telling. It's not the life that I'm living. It's Jesus. He Mm -hmm. is the joy bringer. I am not the joy bringer. I am a joy bringer. So are you because we've received it and let the power of his, the buoyant sense of well-being and the identity in him, that changes us and we can bring that. I can bring him everywhere I go, not what's going on in my life, not Mm -hmm. what I'm feeling in any given moment. And so thank you for sharing this journey that you've gone on of, of, and, and how it really has effect on other people. And they go, Oh, well that, that's not real. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, people distant from me would appreciate it. Yeah. But as far as deep relationships were concerned, that's where the problem sets in. Yeah. Right. So, so I'd have people come up to me and I became known as the, you know, crazy haired Jesus <laughs> worshiper at my school. Cause I'd be in the front row. I mean, I'd be laying down on the floor laughing at God's presence. I mean, I got called into the campus pastor's office because they, they said like, you can't worship like this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you can't, you can't do this. Like, and that's another wow. story in itself. Right. Um, but, but so and I'm not even saying that I'm not discounting that it was real and that right. God was shaping something in me. It was experiencing this without wisdom, mm. right? And it was it was a, a lack of knowledge on my part, a lack of wisdom on my part, because God was shifting. Like I'm grateful for that freedom fast. Like mm-hmm. I'm grateful that that God gave me the idea to do it, and I still, I, you know, like I still tell people about that because that was huge for my heart. But then God started to bring the wisdom. You got to start somewhere, you know, you got to write a bad first draft, you know, (laughs) Jordan Jordan Peter. Yeah. We know a little bit about that. (laughs) Right. So yeah. And Jordan Peterson says like, live your life that way. 
You know what I mean? Like you're going to write a bad first draft, especially when you're yeah. stepping into joy for the first time. You're not going to do it right, and you don't have to get it perfectly right. And if you try and get it perfectly right, you're probably not going to step into it with the same amount of passion that God would call us into it, mm-hmm. right? So, so it's okay to to get it wrong, you know, but then allow to be yourself to be corrected and disciplined by the Lord. Let me show you the balance of this joy that I've given you. It, it's not the rejection of emotion. It doesn't mean that you can't be sad. It doesn't mean that you can't experience loss. It doesn't mean that you can't actually examine the horrors and evils of life Mm -hmm. and and not allow it to grieve your soul. It it, it doesn't look like um, spiritual bypassing deep emotional needs. It's the fullness of those things. And there's, again, we talked about in the beginning how Jesus becomes the source and the avenue for all these different areas in our lives. That's one of our favorite things. And joy, it's the same way. It's the source. And you can bring that into the horrors and evils of this world. You can yep. still see through a lens of, of what God's, God sees and that he's God and he's in control. Or you can still see your emotional needs and your sorrows and your pains through there is still this bubbling sense of joy, of content, of, 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 a, of a well-being yeah. within me. It's, it is well yeah. with my soul. You know, like, and to experience the fullness of that joy and the fullness of Jesus in those things, I think that's where true joy, that's where it starts getting even deeper, right? That's where roots start digging and and that, that beautiful tree of joy can actually start growing in your life, you know? And, Mm -hmm. and it was, it was childish in a way, you know, and, and I've, again, I don't discount the season, but it it was childish. I wanted people to see me, Mm -hmm. you know, I wanted people to recognize me and, and, and there was a well-intentioned behind that too. I wanted people to know how good God was. And mm. so if I put it on myself to show the goodness of God, <laughs> and if I'm joyful enough, then people will recognize how good he is. And, and mm. I wanted people to see that. And so I felt like if I was sad, then I was doing a disservice to people. Wow. <laughs> you know, because they weren't seeing how good God was. You know, if I was depressed, <laughs> how are they going to see how good God was, you know? And uh, and so I put it on myself, and and we are representations of God. We are images yeah. of God. People sure. will see us and see who God is, and so that is a responsibility. But I took all of the weight to show the character of God on myself, and I ruined myself and made myself more anxious in that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. And I think mm-hmm. that you you've really just painted such a beautiful picture because it's if it's just up to us to be shiny, happy examples of joy, right? Mm-hmm. That everything is great and we're fine. And that, that discounts the power of joy coming into the pain and the difficulty, coming mm-hmm. into the realness of everyday life. Um, I'm very transparent about the, the season that my husband and I walked through when he didn't, he wanted to end his life and things were very difficult and we had a lot of death and trauma in our life for, for a good season of time. And the, the thing that was, um, the most difficult is that I, for the first time, and I've gone through a lot of trial and difficulty, but for the first time I saw I saw worst case scenario everywhere I looked. I, I couldn't, I was so haunted by this trauma and fear. I was just completely overcome by fear. And yet every day I had to talk on the radio about joy. Yet every day I'm mm. writing and finishing a book about joy and I'm 
in the depths of despair and totally paralyzed by fear. And the Lord said to me one day, he said, you have locked eyes with worst case scenario. You need to lock eyes with me. And Mm. it was this moment where I could acknowledge the things that I was feeling. They were real. There, There was a lot of pain and fear in my life, but the Lord was with me in that. And so instead of looking for worst case scenario everywhere I turned, when we lock eyes with Jesus, he is our hope. He is our future. He is our joy. He is our our safety in the midst of the most difficult times. And so yeah. I could say authentically, I don't feel joy right now, but I know that joy is in the room with me. I can see mm. him. He is with me. I can feel the presence of the Lord, even if I don't feel joyful. And mm-hmm. that changed everything for me because I have been one who is extremely resilient. I have been one to feel joyful or have an effervescent personality through it all. And mm-hmm. yet I'm not impervious to, to trauma and pain and depression and anxiety. And so when I let that truth be known and say, and yet joy is still here, it doesn't mean you're disqualified from it. Then people like, who go, well, I don't have that kind of effervescence and I don't feel joy a lot or I don't bounce back from things maybe as fast as you. So I must therefore not be able to have it. I'm going, no, it's actually right. not about me. It's not. Yeah. And I'm not a picture of joy. Jesus is. So if I can yeah. bring you into my world and say, I'm struggling right now. This is hard. I'm, I didn't want to get out of bed or whatever, but say, well, the truth is I'm not alone in this. And my source is with me. And that's the picture of joy. So the more we are transparent about these difficulties that we've gone through in our lives, the more we are honest. Because listen, nobody gets through unscathed, right? That's the reality of it. And the more we preach, you know, for lack of a better example, the more we preach that truth in our lives and not pretend those those of us on platforms or have microphones or preaching or whatever that, that we don't experience that kind of thing. Yeah. That's then we the fall is harder, right? Yeah. And yeah. so I just I want people to see the goodness of God in my life in every season. Cuz there are dark yeah. times. And yet yeah. he's still good. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean I don't really say this to people um because maybe it sounds like uh, I I would never want to sound like uh prideful or something, but it's it's like it's like you want to know why I have crazy joy. It's like it's because I've suffered. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh know? yeah. If like you know, because yeah. people will ask me as a pastor, you know, like how do I get here? Or how do I like step into this? Or like even really crazy things. Like I, I want what you have, you know yeah. what I mean? Or I want my relationship to look like yours or, I, you know, I mean, like I, I, I want the worship that you have, or I want, the, I want to be like you, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. which is, which is hu- humbling and yeah. very strange talking about, to be honest. Right. Sure. Um, but it's like, you want to know why I am the way I am? It's like, because pretty much every day for like three years, I had to run home and put my head in my hands and breathe while having a panic attack like and to see jesus in in that moment like you want to know why i why i am like because like for 10 years of my life like i couldn't even be present because i've dealt with such terrible 
obsessive compulsive disorder and anxiety mm. and, and, you know, and, and craziness. Like, you want to know, like, the wisdom that I've had? It's like, it's because I've suffered, you know? It's like, he said, you want to be a partaker of the glory of God? You got to be willing to partake in his sufferings. That's what Paul mm. says in Romans 8, you know? Yeah. So, so there's, there's, there's a beauty in this space of you get to know who God is. And if he's the OG joy bringer, he is joy. He's Mr. Joy, right? <laughs> and so, and, and how you get to know him more and more is by encountering him. And I've experienced, at least in my own life, I'm, I'm not giving like a, people a prescription for suffering, you know, but, <laughs> but Jesus kind of does. He's like, in this world, you will have trouble, you know? So yeah. he doesn't say you might, you know, he says you will. And that's, yeah. that's a huge way that I've gotten to know him and how this joy has come to the surface is, yeah, is because I've had to write, like you said, write messages when I can barely breathe, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or when I can't focus or I can't sleep or I can't eat because I'm so anxious and then I'm writing on the faithfulness and the goodness of God, you know? Yeah. And I'm like crying out my closet like, ah, Lord, I, I need you, you know? And and over time, he's given me tools and, and yeah. practices where that is few and far between, you know, in my life right now. And I'm in the most peaceful place I've probably ever been in my life. And it's beautiful. And, and, and I'm grateful for that, you know, but it's like, I know him and I have this joy because it's been a wild ride, man. Yeah. Because he's been your ride or die. Right. That's, I think that's, that's the reality. He says, take heart because listen, you will have these problems, but good news. I'm with you. Right. I'm with you. And I come bearing victory. I come bringing peace. I come bringing joy and the steadfast love that never ceases. I come with everything that you need in the middle of all of this. So we're not mm. alone. I think that's the ultimate revelation of joy is that it's him and he's present. So yeah. yes, it's it's this Christmas season, right? That that he is the one who is with us. We are celebrating the goodness of Emmanuel, God with us. That's one yeah. of my favorite Christmas songs. Oh, come Emmanuel and ransom captive Israel. Cause we're all captive to something, mm. right? His, his people and, you know, never mind the, the actual physical Israel, but like the, us as his children captive in, in the enemy's tangle entanglements. Right. But he ransoms, he has died for us so that we could experience freedom and rejoice in him. Rejoice because he has come to us and uh, he is the reason for the season. He is the reason. Yeah. So this is a fun thing. I, I say this on the radio every Christmas. I said, you know, I see my name everywhere. Like <laughs> it's everywhere. Right. right. Um, Tis the season to be jolly. Right. And, and Jesus is the reason for the season. My mom used to always have um, our Christmas cards always said that, but it's a weird thing to, it's my name and associated like Jesus is the reason for me. And so this is a silly little thing, but next time you see that phrase somewhere, you know, on a billboard or in a grocery store or whatever, um, just supplant my name with yours. Like, just imagine it. Like Jesus is the reason for Aaron. Jesus is the reason for Michelle. Jesus is the reason mm. for James. Just supplant my name and see it because he is the reason that you are here. He's the reason you live. He's the reason you can have life and life abundant. He is the reason you can have great joy and freedom and love and life. It's Jesus is here and he is for you. Joy is for you because Jesus is for you. So I am, uh, I'm encouraged by, 
that phrase and I want you to receive that that fun little message from the Lord this Christmas. (laughs) So Aaron, tell us where we can find more of you because I will, I can speak for, for the people and tell the world listening that you are, um, so encouraging and transparent and vulnerable and wise and authentic and I know that people would just be so blessed to know more of you and hear from you. And so how can we do that? Where can we find you? Include also the music that you have created because it's beautiful. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know if I've ever done this. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. Buckle um, up, kid. Well, There's more of where it came from. Yeah. Well, if, if you want to actually like hear me speak or preach, uh, you can go and on And they to, do. And they yeah. do. Yeah, you can go onto um, YouTube and type in Centerpoint Church Marietta Aaron Russ. Um, there's a good amount of sermons on there uh, if you want to listen to that. Um, I have a podcast uh, with my good good friend Daryl Daniels, my um, best buddy. Uh, it's called Your Brain on God, uh, kind of a mix of um, psychology and uh, Jesus love. We love we love the brain and how God has made it, and uh, it's kind of how to how to healthily think. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, your boy, Aaron, your boy, your underscore boy. Aaron, your boy, <laughs> uh, you can follow me on there and, uh, there's going to be a lot more content, um, on there in the months to come, uh, because I'm going to be releasing a book, uh, next year called close and present. Mm. Um, it's all about being close to Jesus and present in life, um, and how to do that in the midst of life's, uh, hardships and craziness and, um, dealing with our own brains and minds and staying present with Jesus. And so I'm really excited for that. So, uh, yeah, so that's going to be coming up next year. There's going to be content on that. So, yeah. And your music. Oh, my music. Um, uh, and yeah, you can just look up Aaron Russ on, uh, Spotify or iTunes music. Uh, I have an album out called dance at night and, uh, it's, it's not, a, it's not a worship album just so you know, but it is wholesome. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, you can look that up on Spotify or iTunes. Yeah. I, I just encourage you to find Aaron, follow him, um, and be inspired because his joy is real. His Jesus is real. And, uh, you will, you will learn and grow alongside of him. And uh, I sure have, and I'm grateful for your time today, Aaron. Thank you for joining me and, uh, talking about my favorite subject, Jesus, the OG joy bringer. Thank you for listening to the Joybringer podcast. I would love to connect with you. Find me on social media or on my website at seasonedhours.com. For more information on how to live like the gospel is good news, check out my book, The Joybringer Challenge. You can buy it anywhere books are sold or on my website. Thanks again for listening. And hey, I love you.